I still ask why, Susan. I still yeah. have days where I'm like, okay, God, why? And I have to work through that and go to what now? It says God invites us to wholeness. Wholeness that is not dependent on our circumstances. He calls us to holiness. Holiness that is not dependent on whether we feel particularly holy. And it's human nature just to think that we deserve life to be easy. Yes. That we, yeah. especially when you become a Christ follower, you mm-hmm. have this eternal security yeah. and this presence of God in your life. And so you're thinking, well, oh, that must make me immune. And right. you're very, I would be very unfamiliar with scripture if I thought that because yeah. the Bible is really clear right. about people who were wonderful leaders of the Christian faith, and yet they mm-hmm. struggled themselves with pain. Pain yeah. is a universal connector yes. of people. There, None of us are immune from pain. Hi, friend. I'm Susan Beth, and you are listening to the She Is Podcast, where we talk about living life intentionally and about trusting that the desires you have deep within you are there for a reason. I believe that the creator of the universe put those desires within you and that they are pathways to your purpose. My desire is that this would be a space that encourages you to lean in and to hear the whispers of the divine and that you would be reminded of things that I honestly believe you already know. That you, my friend, are here for a reason. So if you're here for more conversations in that kind of space, welcome. Let's go. Today's episode is a conversation that I had with Lisa Young, and I just really feel like the timing is perfect as we're heading into the winter season here in the U.S. and Many of you listening will be walking through the season with a She Is Awakening seasonal journal. In our conversation, Lisa and I talk about the book that she wrote with her husband, Ed, A Path Through Pain, which came out of experiencing the sudden passing of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth, a few years ago. And I love the subtitle of the book. It says, How Faith Deepens and Joy Grows Through What You Would Never Choose. And we talk about that in this conversation, and it's actually the journey that we're going to be walking through in the winter journal, because none of us would choose the hard path of a winter season, yet the deepening of our faith as we surrender our season to God is is something that's hard to explain. So whether or not you find yourself today walking through a hard winter season, we all face them. And even though we wouldn't choose them, we can prepare for them. The Winter Journal is available this week to grab, and you can find the ordering information in the show notes if you would like to get one and join us on the journey this season. But I'm excited about you hearing my conversation with Lisa, and I know that it will be helpful and encouraging to so many of you. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be having a conversation with Lisa Young today. And for those of you that don't know Lisa, she is a gifted speaker and writer. And Lisa and her husband, Ed, they founded Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they have co-authored several books together, which are wonderful. 
And Ed and Lisa have been married for over 40 years, and they have four children, one who is in heaven, and have six adorable grandchildren that I get to see little clips of on Instagram every now and then, which I love seeing and staying up to date with how they are growing and thriving. But when I decided at the start of this fall season to start adding in some conversations with different women, Lisa was already in my mind of somebody I wanted to have a conversation with, even before I knew that they had a book coming out, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome to the She Is Podcast, Lisa. And thank you again for taking the time in your schedule to have this conversation with me today. I love it, Susan. I always look forward to seeing you um, and getting to talk with you is even more special. Oh, thank you. Same, full the same. So I want to back up a little bit before we jump into our conversation about how I first met Lisa. And it was actually kind of random how it all happened. I was actually watching a C3 Global Roundtable, which C3 is a global network they have for nonprofits and ministry leaders. And during this particular roundtable that I was watching, Lisa mentioned that she was going to be hosting a missions trip for pastors' wives and their daughters. And my two oldest daughters had recently been in a really bad car accident, and they had had to go through some recovery with that. So when I heard her talking about this trip with for daughters and their moms, It sounded wonderful to me, so I shared it with my daughters, and we decided that we wanted to go on this mission trip that Lisa was hosting. And I just recently was asking them what year that was, and they said it's it was in 2012, which is hard to believe it's that much time has already passed. But that's where I first met Lisa and Lee Beth. They were both on that trip, and it was a wonderful trip. We went to Haiti together and had a quick stop in Miami, which I was born in Miami. So that was an extra perk for us. Loved that. But Lee Beth was just a few years older than my daughters, Erica and Alexis. And that was 11 years ago. And I can still remember to this day being struck with how Lee Beth was with my daughters, how she interacted with them. And that was our first experience with C3 Global. And so we were meeting the other ministry wives and their daughters for the first time. And I just saw how Lee Beth, the whole trip, went out of her way to interact with my daughters. And as a mom, you know, that means the world. And, you know, she was asking them questions and inviting them into her world. And and I know she was a, a leader on that trip as well, but it it did not come across as an obligation or like she wanted to. That's what that's what struck me. It was like I could tell the questions she was asking and how she was listening to them and interacting, it was, you know, from such a genuine place of wanting to connect and make them feel included and get to know them. And I have to say, I I know where she gets that because I've now been around her parents. And I know that she saw that modeled up close from Lisa and Ed. And I've spent a little time with with you, Lisa, since that trip at a couple of conferences you've hosted, and as well as some different women's conferences that we've run into each other at. But from that first interaction on that trip, you really impacted my life. Uh, you know, as someone who grew up in a pastor's home and has been involved in full time ministry my whole life, your love for God was so evident, and. What was so impactful to me was the, the realness of how you show up in your life and how you shared your life with others and in a way that I just hadn't quite seen modeled before. And 
without going into details for that to make sense of like, what is she even talking about? What was Lisa doing? This book, <laughs> this book that you and Ed have written, A Path Through Pain, it's the ultimate example of what I saw in you on that trip and from the first time meeting you, you know, this total surrender and offering of your life to serve and to build up others for the sake of imaging Jesus to everyone that you come in contact with. And that's exactly why we're here having this conversation today. And I, and I want to start off by reading um, an entry from your journal that you actually wrote seven days before Lee Beth's passing. Then I want you to bring everybody that isn't familiar with you or your story. I'd love for you to share what brought you and Ed to writing this book that we're going to talk about today. One of the first couple chapters is a, a journal entry that you wrote seven days before Lee Beth passed away. And you wrote, walking by faith requires trusting God to utilize all situations to strengthen my faith and show others the light of Jesus. God's light shines brightest in the darkest of events on this earth. Is that not incredible? Mm. <laughs> I mean, not incredible from a, a standpoint of my words and how I wrote them, but just the timing. Right. And let me begin by saying thank you, Susan, for having me. And thank you for those very kind words that I'm probably not deserving of, but you were uh -huh. very kind to say that. Oh, from my heart, from my heart. And I know, I know. I appreciate it. But yeah, we were as a church going through the year, I guess, one year Bible. And so we began January 1st reading through the Bible and with the goal, you know, to complete it in a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that particular journal entry, we were studying the life of Joseph. And of course, Joseph experienced favoritism from his father then he mm -hmm. you know had jealousy from his brothers and they mistreated him and eventually ended up in Egypt and was working well in a home and then all of a sudden he's back in jail so his mm -hmm. life was up and down i mean and mm -hmm. then he was elevated out of that situation so we see that his life was so filled with ups and down, highs and lows. And on that particular day, it was one of his low points. And so that's why I wrote that. It was basically when I read scripture, I try to apply it to my life. Mm -hmm. And of course, I had no idea that just seven days later, Lee Beth right. would pass away. And yeah. so it was quite the shock. And I can bring everyone up to speed just on her story. Libeth uh, was just a remarkable young woman. And as you described, she loved people genuinely mm -hmm. and she loved the Lord genuinely. And she was a part of our fellowship church staff um, and, and was a great addition and part of very mm -hmm. thriving. She, she worked in the media with uh, editing of videos and content. And she really had a gift as far as ministry to take a story, maybe that we captured on film mm -hmm. and to edit it so that the, the components that needed to be there were there. Mm -hmm. And the, and she was gifted in a lot of different areas. But throughout high school, Lee Beth struggled with anxiety and depression. She had ADD very badly. She she worked really hard to excel in her studies, and she graduated at the top of her, not at the top, but close to the top mm -hmm. of her class. She was in the National Honor Society. She went to college. She even called uh, Ed and I one time from college. She was going to Baylor University, and she said, you know, Mom, I study all the time. 
This campus is beautiful, but you and dad are probably wasting your money because I'm not enjoying that aspect. I just study. So why don't I come back and go to school in Dallas? I'll, you know, save you a lot of money. And Ed and I just looked at each other and thought, this girl's wise. And uh, yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. do that. So, uh, so anyway, she just excelled in so many different ways. But struggling with anxiety and depression um, was a difficult challenge for her. And mm -hmm. a lot of people do struggle with that. And, mm -hmm. but they're still functioning and going through life with, you know, doing the things you do. Right. But through a series of poor relational choices and some issues that just escalated in her life, she began to drink, uh, to binge drink. Mm -hmm. And she mixed that with Adderall. Okay. And so that was probably about a seven year struggle, which Ed and I did not know about at the initial start of it. But right. then when we became aware, you know, sought help for her and she did really well for several years. And then she went through another rough patch and ended up in rehab. And then this last episode uh, was January uh, 18th of 2021. And I had gotten a pocket call. I was in South Carolina visiting my mom, who we were transitioning into a memory care center for dementia. Mm -hmm. And the pocket call, I called Lee Beth right back and she didn't answer. And I thought, that's strange. And then her sister had gotten a pocket call, no answer when called back. And so I called Ed and said, honey, um, something's not right. And mm -hmm. so he went to her home, found her. Of course, that's a parent's worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he got her dressed, cleaned up, took her to her therapist, discussed, you know, options of what to do. And it was just mm -hmm. decided that with, it was post COVID, mm. I mean, for Texas, it was probably for Florida as well, but you know, yeah. a lot of States were still all tied up and we were right. a little bit more free, but yet, um, things were still somewhat closed down, meaning like Edda asked if she wanted to go to the hospital because she was shaking a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, dad, I don't want to go. I'll be alone. Mm -hmm. And so they made the choice just that she would stay at the house. And so she came to our house. He made a bed for her in our little playroom that we have for our grandchildren. And then he went into his office to study for the next week's message. And he just kissed her on the forehead. He said, honey, I'll be right down the hall. Mm -hmm. If you need anything, just call me and I'll come check on you in a little bit. So he was studying for a message. Ironically, uh, as I mentioned, we were going through the uh, Bible in a year, and it was on um, Abraham. And he had just written the words on a little card. He's old school, so he actually <laughs> writes, you know, with yeah, a pen and paper. Yeah. And so he wrote the words, and he laid him on the altar. Mm. And then he heard a noise in the playroom, and he ran in there. And basically, we believe she had a seizure. And, um, but she was non-responsive. My son and his wife, uh, were living with us at the time because they were transitioning into an apartment after being newly married. And she was a NICU nurse or is a NICU nurse. And she and my son did CPR, waited for the wow. ambulance and the ambulance came, took her to the hospital again, because of COVID there was restrictions, but the doctor came out and he said, Mr. Young, there's nothing we can do. And so when you hear those words, and of course, I'm FaceTiming with Ed from oh, South goodness. Carolina, it's the middle mm -hmm. of the night. Mm 
And so we FaceTimed with all the kids and, you know, they were aware of what was going on, but we FaceTimed in that little room there. I was sitting in an airport trying to get back home and um, just thinking to ourselves, we can't believe that she's about to go from this life Mm -hmm. to the next, this beautiful young girl. And we actually began, Susan, to sing. Our son-in-law is a worship pastor and he led us in a song, which it's, it's just an interesting thing that he, he picked that song and it was perfect. It was mm. how great is our God. Wow. And so often I think a pushback to Christianity is that people blame God for bad things that happen in your life. And right. God is good when things are good and God is good when things aren't yeah. good. Absolutely. And so we sang that song and Lee Beth pass from this life to the next. Mm. Well, I'd underline that in the book because I think that is such a common thing that we all can struggle with when walking through hard times of questioning the goodness of God. And I had underlined that because that is such a foundational core truth that as believers, we have to be sure of. And and we're going to walk through things that help us to experience that, that God is good in the good times and in the bad times. And we all would much rather experience that in purely good times. But as I know, just from reading this and knowing you that you have seen and testify of that it's in those dark moments that we see his goodness and experience his goodness just as strong in a powerful way that we couldn't make it without. And it's human nature just to think that we deserve life to be easy. Yes. That we yeah. especially when you become a Christ follower, you mm-hmm. have this eternal security yeah. and this presence of God in your life and so you're thinking, well, oh, that must make me immune. And right. you're very I would be very unfamiliar with scripture if I thought that because yeah. the Bible is really clear right. about people who were wonderful leaders of the Christian faith, and yet they Mm -hmm. struggled themselves with pain. Pain is a universal connector of people. None of us are immune from pain. Mm -hmm. And pain is on different levels for us. The loss of a child is probably one of the hardest. I mean, my my mom passed away later that year, and that Mm -hmm. was hard, but she was 94. Right. Uh, The death of a child is an out-of-order death. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet my, I will tell you this, it's a caveat, which my other daughter, Laurie, um, she's one of our twins, the youngest. And she came up to me after my mom's funeral and she said, mom, it's so weird because when you think about it, Lee Beth got the best end of the deal. Mm. And I was like, Oh my word. <laughs> my mom had to had to live on this earth in away from heaven and obviously yeah. God has us here for a purpose. So I mean I, right. he would if we if our solid goal was just to get to heaven, he would take us right when we accept him mm-hmm. into our lives. But my mom lived 94 years. Lee Beth right. lived 34 years. And mm-hmm. and that was just a sweet way yeah. to look at that's heaven. Yes. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. You mentioned pain being the great equalizer. And I love how you share this quote from C.S. Lewis in the book. And I'm going to read it and then read what you and Ed wrote about that. But the quote says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, 
speaks in our conscious, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And then you wrote, why does our world need rousing? Why does God need to shout to get our attention? Because we're surrounded by substitutes and distractions. Left to our own devices, we'd probably all settle for counterfeit versions of his best will for our lives. And oh, how I have found those words to be true. That as much as I say with my lips and am sincere in that, that I want all that God has for me, I'm still in my humanity going to choose the easy path. Yeah, and that feels easier. That's that tension, you know, Mm -hmm. that we as Christ followers have that we're in the world, but not of the world. Right. And it's not that God causes pain necessarily to get our attention, but he definitely allows pain because we're, we live in a free will society. I mean, Mm -hmm. when, when Adam and Eve had free will in the garden of Eden and chose uh, to, to disobey God. And that is God, free will is a gift that we have. God doesn't just use us like uh, remote control cars. And right. so, and so we have this choice. And so pain and suffering is in the world. And often God allows it and he uses it to get our attention. Now, Ed and I, um, I mean, I don't feel like he needed to shout too loud because <laughs> we are in ministry and we truly have been faithful to him. And I, I don't say that in a braggadocious way or a false humility way. I'm mm-hmm. just saying truly since the time we became Christ followers as children, we never really rebelled against God. Like we right. never really had that wild side as teenagers or in college. I mean, we, I, I guess we've kind of lived what some people would call boring lives, but we, mm-hmm. we've been faithful in mm-hmm. the little things and right. thankfully so, because I believe faithful with the basic things of Christianity, which is reading God's word, mm-hmm. journaling, which is, I know you're so huge into journaling mm-hmm. and I am as well. And then um, being a part of a local community, the body mm-hmm. of Christ, the local church, mm-hmm. and then being generous with not only serving, but with your resources. And right. that's kind of the basic one-on-ones that Ed and I have done our whole life. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like God really needed to shout and say, okay, you're living way out there. You need to come closer to me. It wasn't so much that as as it was that pain and that hardship shouted the presence of God in our mm-hmm. lives as well. Mm-hmm. You lean in. And I will yeah. tell you too, Susan, it's interesting. People saw the, what we were going through and they knew that Ed had been preaching for 32 years here at Fellowship Church and eight years in Houston when he was working with his father. And you preach the gospel, you share the truth of God's word, and then people lean in and say, okay, now you're going through this awful, awful thing. Mm -hmm. Do you still believe what you preached and are you going to live like it? Right. And that for us, we saw people lean in. And just Mm -hmm. as people were leaning in to see how we would live, I guess, we were leaning into God knowing that if it's outside of him, we had nothing. Yeah. He was truly the anchor mm-hmm. that we held on to in that storm. Yeah. No, and that goes back to what you were saying before. I think that's a misconception 
that we as believers can have. I know that's something I had to face and, and haven't walked through what you have, but we all experience loss and, and painful seasons that we have to walk through. And it is a gift in the end when you come to the end of yourself and realize no matter like you feel like you've checked all the boxes of Christianity, you know, like you were mentioning, it's like to experience his power and presence when you feel like you have nothing left to give is when you experience God in a totally different way. Absolutely. I love the book of Job. I used to I used to stay away from the book of Job mm-hmm. because I was like, oh my goodness, I don't yeah. want to read about somebody who lost their house, they lost right. their family, they lost yeah. their spouse, they lost everything and their wealth and what they'd accumulated and they were good people, they were faithful people and yet all this stuff was happening to Job. So I was like, I don't even want to acknowledge that that happened, yeah. you know? Right. And yet I was, again, when as we were reading through the Bible in a year and I came to the book of Job, which was right after mm. Lee Beth had passed away. Wow. Um, I noticed something that I had never seen before, probably because I had avoided the book, but <laughs> I saw where Job at the very end of the book, he says, I knew you, God. And, mm-hmm. and we know that God said Job had been faithful. Job mm-hmm. was a man of integrity. Job loved the Lord thy God. But Job says, I knew you, but now I know you more deeply. And he Mm. goes through all these characteristics of God Mm. from being the creator of the universe to being majestic and holy and all of these things. And it was like this this epiphany happened Mm. in his life where he said, I knew you, God, but now I know you because he came to the end of himself. Mm -hmm. And that is something I'm very careful, Susan, when I'm talking about our story or anyone's story of pain. In the book, it's not just about grief of the death of a child. It's about a lady that was in a car accident and she mm-hmm. became paralyzed. There's a man who lost his wife to breast cancer and that road for his children. And several examples, a child that mm-hmm. was born with cancer and or yeah. had cancer at a young age. So all these different painful experiences. So as you, those of you who are listening and you hear about pain, it comes in every level. And right. I'm not trying to be flippant in saying that Ed and I are just skipping down the primrose path of pain. We're not. Yeah. We feel the grief. Mm-hmm. I, as you were telling the story about Haiti, I could visit envision Lee Beth and tears well up yeah. in my eyes. And, and there are tough times where I still am calling out to God and going, why, why? God? Yeah. Why did this has, ha- why did this happen to us? And I say that because I don't want anyone to think that there's just like a little Band-Aid that mm-hmm. you can put on a gaping wound. Right. A lot of people will throw out Romans 8, 28 and say, you know, for all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That is not the verse that needs to be quoted right. when right. someone is in the midst of the harshness of pain. Mm-hmm. It's like putting a small Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Right. Of course, that verse is true. Mm-hmm. But there are things that should be said at certain times and right. things that you hold back on. Right. So everyone grieves differently. Everyone yes. goes through pain differently. But I do believe what we give you in the book is steps to move forward at your at your pace. 
Absolutely. And I, and I want to touch on some other things, but before I, I want to highlight that because when I got this book, it was so much more than I expected it to be. And I expected it to be good because I have some of your other books and I knew it would be good, but it, it blew me away of what a resource and a tool this is. Like you said, it's not just your story and talking about Lee Beth. I mean, that's woven throughout. And I think that's probably what I was expecting and what most people will think the book is about. But there are other people's stories in this, this book, which I think are great because like you said, sometimes when we do hear a story told in a particular way, then it's like we're seeing every pain through just that one lens and it touches all of us in so many different ways. But two, what struck me with this book is I mean, I want to have extra copies to give to people because like you're saying, I think when we see people experience tremendous loss in their life, we don't know how to show up for them and we don't know what to say. I mean, everything just seems so trite (laughs) to how are you doing or, you know, we want, we care and you want to care, but we know there's no words and you've said that there's no words to say that it's going to take away your pain. But I do think, though, hearing words from somebody that's walked through it, and I think that's why when you're on the other side trying to reach out to somebody, you feel inadequate if you haven't experienced what you feel like is their level of pain and loss. And so I think that's why this book is such a gift to have on hand to give to somebody because they're reading stories and you share very personal things of right that pain isn't linear and that you never know when it's going to hit you. So it's like you're sharing from your experiences as well as others that is just so helpful for somebody to read. Well, thank you. And I I will tell you that when Lee Beth passed away, her therapist came to our house and we were, she had never had a patient to pass away, to die. Mm. Oh, wow. And she's been in practice for many, many years. So Mm. it was devastating for her as well. And I began to go see her. Okay. She became my therapist mm. and I, it has been a great experience, but in those initial days that I went into her, I said, Brandy, where's the manual that I can look at? Cause I'm a very, I'm a rule follower. You give me a page that says, do this, 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 and this, I'm going to do yeah. that knowing that the results are what I need. Mm-hmm. And she said, Lisa, there's not a manual. And there's some great books on grief. I'm not discounting that at all. They're fabulous. And I've read many of them. But at that moment, I, she, well, she looked at me and she said, why don't you write one? (laughs) And so this book is not intended to be a manual. It's intended to be a support. Yes. And it is. Because again, everyone grieves differently. Mm -hmm. Everyone goes through pain differently. But we need support, and our support comes from God's Word, which Mm -hmm. that's the book. God's Word is woven throughout this book, and that's what I was clinging to, obviously. Mm -hmm. We need God's Word. We need the church, so definitely that community. And then acknowledging your weakness daily and saying, God, I cannot do this alone. Thank you for providing the church, but thank you for meeting me right where I am personally mm-hmm. yeah. in my quiet time. So, yeah, I love what you wrote. That reminds me on page 33. It says, God invites us to wholeness. 
wholeness that is not dependent on our circumstances. He calls us to holiness, holiness that is not dependent on whether we feel particularly holy. (laughs) He offers us a crown of healing purchased at great cost and freely given. But our healing is wholly contingent on how we respond to our pain. That's so good. Uh, well, Jesus, going back to that thing where we talk about, well, you know, why would I, we ask those questions, why? That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest question when you go through pain. Well, why? Why did I get that cancer yeah. diagnosis? Why did my was my child born with a genetic disease, which our son was? Mm-hmm. Why is there whatever going on in your life? And we ask why, and then we need to pivot and shift to what now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is the why, yeah. but right. the what now is how we move forward. And mm-hmm. our our salvation is based on pain. It's based mm. on the pain that Jesus experienced on the cross. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not complaining to an unsympathetic savior. Right. We're complaining, you know, we're saying God why mm-hmm. to the savior who went to the cross for us, who had that horrific death beyond anything we could imagine. Right. And rose again in victory, which tells me that no matter what the pain is I'm going through right now, there is victory. Right. And I I still ask why, Susan. I still yeah. have days where I'm like, okay, God, why? And I have to work through that and go to what now? And mm-hmm. Ed and I have talked about the fact that, you know, when we get to heaven, we'll have those answers. I mean, we'll, yeah. we, you know, maybe, but I don't even think we're going to care then. We're going to be so consumed with the glory of God that everything that we thought we wanted to ask him on earth, like, well, why did this happen, God? And what about, you know, do pets go to heaven, God? I mean, all those different things, you know, the the big ones and the little ones. And and his glory is going to be so majestic. Mm. I think our whole mind's going to be blown. Right. Oh, yes, I, I agree. And I think that's good that you brought that up, Lisa, about you still have moments of asking why, because I think some people, I say, I was gonna say turn their backs on God or just don't have, they don't continue in a relationship or even desire a relationship with God because they think to question him or to be vulnerable with him that he, he can't handle that, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, so when you're saying that, I, I mean, in case somebody needs to hear that today, it's like, you still, at times, that question rising up in you does not offend God, you know? It doesn't offend Him. And it's like, it's an opportunity for Him to speak into your life and give you peace and strength and power when you will verbalize that to them. It's much, that's much better than you holding on to that and not addressing it. He's not scared of our questions and, our, and, and us being vulnerable. I would encourage people to read the book of Psalms because mm-hmm. David cries out oh, yeah. <laughs> consistently yeah, right. to God. And and David deserved some of the pain that he went through. I mean, mm-hmm. all of us, I guess, deserve pain of some sort, but David had definitely disobeyed God. And yet right. he is still known as a man who loved the Lord, you know, a man after God's own heart, right. as right. Hans said. And he cried out. And was vulnerable so often. And those prayers, if you don't, maybe you don't know how to articulate your prayer 
a vulnerability to God, adopt David's, put your yeah. name you know, there and just say, right. God, I, I don't know why I'm going through this, but I trust you in it. Yeah. Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is our family verse. Uh, Ed's mother, you know, it was her family verse. And so we just adopted it. Our mm. twin daughter, Laurie, she's the one. She she writes every letter when she was a kid. She would say, dear so-and-so. And then she'd say, love Laurie, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that. we kind of ingrained it. But it says, trust in the Lord in all your ways. Mm-hmm. Not some, not a few, yeah. not just this, that, and the other, but all your ways. Yeah. Um, trust in the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge him. We have to acknowledge God and look to him. Mm-hmm. There is no one who can satisfy the need of our heart for right. salvation and for walking out this thing called Christianity other than God. Yeah. And he promises to direct our path. He does not promise to make it smooth. He says, right. I will give you direction. Mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. And Ed and I have found that as we have walked and trusted him, pain and joy can run on parallel tracks. Mm, that's good. And in the early days after Lebeth passed away, pain seemed to be the wider lane. Mm. And joy was almost like the feeder road, the side yeah. road. Yeah. And over time, that joy has encroached upon the pain. Mm-hmm. And the pain has lessened. It has not gone away. We will forever walk with a limp. I know that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, there's not a day that goes by that I don't wake up thinking about my beautiful daughter. Mm-hmm. And yet I have to think about where she is mm-hmm. and who she's with. Right. And that brings that joy to surface yeah. and helps me That's see. Good. God's plan in and through it all. It's it's it is a huge matter of trust. Yeah, that's good. I want to talk about vulnerability as we're as we're wrapping things up because I love that that you talked about that in the book because I think vulnerability it, it's so important and it's so hard and I think it's hard for a, a good reason <laughs> you know because I think we've all had experiences of opening up and being vulnerable to later regret it. You know, I mean, maybe it wasn't the right time for us to be vulnerable, or maybe we weren't vulnerable with the right people or person. And as someone, as you mentioned, that is a big believer in journaling, as I know you are, and that's why I loved this book. I loved seeing some of your vulnerability in your journaling entries, and as well as Lee Bess and you mentioned there was a line in the book where you mentioned that you wish Lee Beth had been more vulnerable. And mm. for sure, the people in, in our lives, in our world, they are part of that. But they can't replace us being totally vulnerable with God, our father. And there's, there's still something in us that even though we desire to be vulnerable with him and to connect with God, there's still something that when we show up to spend time with God, we still think we have to be all fancy and have it all together. Like he doesn't know all of our weaknesses and our struggles, yet we show up feeling like we have to say all the right words and have the correct posture when all he wants is for us to show up in our brokenness and our heaviness and surrender that to him. And that's when we can receive his strength and his power. And that's what you and Ed are modeling for us in this book, Lisa, and, and with your lives. So 
talk to us about more what you, with, when you when you brought up vulnerability. Tell us more what you were thinking along that. Line. So vulnerability. There's vulnerability with God and there's vulnerability with others. So I'd mm-hmm. like to address both of those. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I in my journaling that I've worked to get better at mm-hmm. is being honest with God. Yes. I, I I mean I know He knows everything. He's omniscient. He 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 knows everything, but He appreciates mm-hmm. my telling Him and recognizing before Him my weaknesses and things that and uh things that I desire and need from him. Yeah. So I started writing confessions. Mm-hmm. That is a very positive thing that the Catholic Church offers is the is confession. Now we know that we don't have to go before a priest to confess. We go to our high priest which is Christ and he on our behalf uh presents it to the Father. Mm-hmm. So we are promised that. And so I, I just think that's an aspect that a lot of believers have dropped from their protocol. Mm-hmm. Just saying, I had a crossword, and I'm talking specific, like a crossword with my husband. Like I said something that was demeaning to him, mm-hmm. or I lost my temper with the children and they didn't see you in that moment in me. So just stuff like that where we need to be vulnerable with God and 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 I think that's important. But talking about vulnerability with others, woo, that gets sticky cuz how yeah. much do you trust other people? Right. I mean, we can trust God, but yeah. Uh, right. That's one of the reasons I love therapy and counseling is because that's a place where we can be totally vulnerable and by law they can't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but our position as pastors, we're on a stage, so to speak, on a platform, so to speak. And when this happened to our family and when Lee Beth was even going through this, mm-hmm. there was a time to share and there was a group to share with. Right. And then there was a time not to share with anyone. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll describe that when she was going through this and her rehab and all of that, we shared with some of our staff, key staff members, what was going on and knowing their confidence and trust, Mm -hmm. and then that they would pray for her. It wouldn't, that would be their, their sole purpose would be to see her get well. Mm -hmm. And we had also some friends, uh, several friends that, and family that we did that with. The church at large, no, because it mm-hmm. wasn't the time or the place. Right. And it, to honor her and to allow her to heal, um, that was just the way it needed to be. Mm-hmm. But I felt like we did the biblical right thing with sharing with the right people at the right time. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, when she passed away, already rumors had started flying. I mean, there was an article online that she was in a car accident and there was another article that didn't know the answer, but they questioned if she had taken her life. And we just wanted to put the truth out there. And we knew, as I mentioned in the beginning of this uh, talk, Ed wrote those words and he laid him on the altar. Mm. And Ed said, says it this way, we couldn't alter the situation Mm-hmm. But we could place this situation on his altar. So good. And that's what we decided to do. We mm-hmm. wanted people to see 
if people can't handle the truth, we knew God could handle the truth. Right. right. And God was going to do something with the truth. Right. And so, again, people leaned in. They appreciated the vulnerability. They appreciated Mm -hmm. that we said, you know, we tried hard and the story did not end the way we wanted it to end. Mm -hmm. But God is still good. Yes. And so we shared that story at Fellowship Church and it's gone further than we ever imagined. And that's why we wrote the book, because we wanted people to know that I'll, I'll give you a quote that's one of my favorite quotes from someone who experienced horrific pain. It's uh, written in the book Tramp for the Lord by Corey Ten Boom. And sh- if you're not familiar with Corey's story, it, the, f- the first book is The Hiding Place. Yeah. And Tramp for the okay. Lord is the second book. But The Hiding Place was made into a movie in the ni- late 1970s. And it's just a fabulous story. But she was in a, a German concentration camp, not because she was Jewish. They were Protestants who helped Jews escape. Um, and so her whole family was put there and her sister, Betsy, Corey always challenged God on many fronts and Betsy would try to give Corey encouragement in her faith, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Corey was having a particularly difficult night in that concentration camp. And Betsy, her sister looked at her and said, Corey, there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Mm. And there, for anyone listening and you're going through pain and you think there's no one else who understands, nobody else has experienced what you're experiencing, mm. our great God will meet you right there yes. at that lowest point. There mm. is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. Mm. So good. Guys, you need to get this book. You need to get it for yourself and you need to get one to have on hand to be able to to lend or to gift and give someone that that you know that is navigating pain. It's such a great book f- filled with practical wisdom, with with truth. But but I love also all the stories and the practicalness that that will meet people right where they're at and their pain. It's beautiful, Lisa. And thank you. Uh, seriously, I thank you so much for even today, your vulnerability and with this book and just being like you talked about willing to offer up this story to light up the path towards Jesus that is going to help with healing for so many. I, it's such a gift. Well, thank you, Susan, for having me. And thank you for sharing a path through pain with others. Oh, well, I'm thankful for you, Lisa. Thank you. Hey, you. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to connect more, head over to SusanBeth.com and sign up and you will be one of the first to find out about anything new. Plus, there's a special free download available just to say thanks. If something in this episode did speak to you, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend that you think it might resonate with as well? And until next time, keep showing up in the world just as God purposed you to do. Because you being you is exactly what we all need.